0: Get ready. We're going to have a good time here today. It's going to be a blessing. I'm going to be going through a lot of different things with you, and and we are going to to experience something that is ancient and that is biblically commanded. It's really a wonderful thing. So, before we begin the whole Shavuot ceremony in earnest, I have a few thoughts to share with you, specific for for this particular uh, Shavuot. As you know, first, I'm sure that some of you are celebrating Shavuot for the first time, and you see our bimah is, is heavily decorated, of course, in greenery and in blooming flowers, and, uh, and it's absolutely beautiful, as it is uh, in our community center next door. Absolutely beautiful. You know, tradition says that when the commandments were given to Moshe, to Moses on Mount Sinai, that Sinai, Mount Sinai, bloomed. That's a beautiful visual, you know. And, uh, and what's one of the reasons why they say, in fact, there's a biblical basis for this uh, is because if you've know if you ever been to Mount Sinai, I've been to one of the traditional Mount Sinai's myself, and either of the Mount Sinai's, whether you're talking about in the Sinai Peninsula or in present-day Saudi Arabia, either one of them is full in the middle of desert, okay? So it wouldn't make any sense for there to be greenery, and yet one of the things that God says in the Torah when talking about Mount Sinai is, don't let your flocks come near Mount Sinai. Don't let them come upon. Now, and so the rabbis would say, Why would God command that unless there was greenery that had appeared on Mount Sinai? It makes complete sense. Uh, So so that tradition has a biblical basis, and it's beautiful. The blooming and the refreshness of new birth and something new, which I spoke about this past Shabbat. If you uh, tuned in or were here, it was a blessing there. The delivering of something special. If you missed this past Shabbat message, tune in. Uh, It can be afterwards. It's fine because it is for the season that we're in that you need to hear that message. It's connected to today. But Mount Sinai blooming. God's word is alive. We also remember, of course, that Shavuot is a harvest holiday. when 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 crops are being harvested, and so we've got a lot of crops right here that are being harvested all around, and ooh, some grains and things over here, and it's just beautiful, the whole stage. And I and I uh, thank uh, both the Eleazars and uh, and Kaziah for doing a wonderful job decorating everything. They were here, and both buildings late. Let's give them a hand. Yeah, just absolutely wonderful. Of course, a couple big, oh boy, we, those are coming, those are coming. I'm going to tell you about that in just a minute, okay? Very, very exciting. Now, it's a tradition amongst religious Jews to stay up all night on Shavuot to study the Torah. This is a, a, a longstanding tradition amongst our people to stay up all night on Shavuot and study the Torah. The genesis of this story is a tradition that the Jewish people went to bed to get ready to receive the Torah on Mount Sinai, but they overslept. <laughs> Sounds like our people already. I oh, you both. we were even trying, but we, we messed up there. That's just tradition, of course. Uh, but this is done to make sure that we, the staying up all night studying the word of God, that tradition was implemented just to make absolutely sure that when God is about to speak, that we don't miss it. Hello, now that makes sense, doesn't it? Because we knew that God was going to be speaking on Mount Sinai the next day. And so it's been a tradition uh, to make sure we don't miss anything moving forward, to show our zeal for God's word, uh, and to prepare as a bride to receive it. Hello, 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 hello. As a bride to receive it, uh, that we stay up all night studying the Torah. There's a beautiful uh, element in that, and then the modern the modern tradition of staying up all night on Shavuot is attributed to Rabbi Yosef Caro, whose synagogue we visit in Sfat. You may remember, uh, uh, Robin, since we were in uh, Sfat when we went to his synagogue uh, over there, where a lot of his edicts were done, right below where we were standing. It's considered. Uh, The study of Torah on Shavuot is considered voluntary and not an obligation, and yet we know that that all-night study of Torah is consistent with God's Word. Psalm chapter 1, if you have your Word of God, let's turn to it. Of course, listen, I got a lot of Scripture for you today. It's Shavuot, we're remembering the giving of the Torah, the giving of the law. Of course I'm going to have a lot of Scripture for you. I mean, doesn't that make sense? Hello. Psalm chapter 1, this is consistent with biblical teaching This all night, this passion to all night study the word of God. Let's read what it says in Psalm chapter one, starting in verse one. It's very powerful. Hopefully you know it. Woo! It says this, happy is the one who has not walked in the advice of the wicked, nor stood in the way of sinners, nor sat in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the Torah of Adonai, and on his Torah he meditates day and night. Yes, day and night. He will be like a, a planted tree over streams of water, producing its fruit during its season. Its leaf never droops, but in all he does, he succeeds. Yeah. So we got the fruit, my friends, the fruit. If if we start the word, go dun- okay, it's only two, but I tried to add three when I was young and failed miserably. Here's the point, my friends, of Psalm chapter one, right? As we reflect upon Shavuot and the giving of the Torah, what is your attitude toward following God's commands in your life? What is your attitude for following God's commands in your life? Do you feel a glum obligation alone that you are required To read his word or to come to services. You know, some people have this. Some people have this perspective on services like, well, I have to go to services or I have to read the word or I have to pray. I have to, I have to, well, I guess I have to do the Bible reading. And it's, wow, brother, sister, you are missing it. What does Psalm chapter one say? It says, it's your delight. Your delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law you you absolutely meditate day and night, and you're happy that you're not walking in the counsel of the ungodly or sitting in the in the seat of of uh, scoffers, etc. No, 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 my friends, it is it is not an obligation. You should the attitude should be that you are allowed to read His Word and go to services. Praise God. Thank you, Lord, that I am allowed to go to services and to read your word. <laughs> man, what a blessing it is. Woo! It is, it is so exciting. I'm a little excited today. Can you tell? I am, hey, it's Shavuot, man. This is what it's all about. We are allowed to. God has given us his. Y'all, I'm telling you something. If, if, if the world was a little bit different and, and, uh, and we didn't have the Bible, and then somebody suddenly said, you heard a voice from the sky that said, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it sounds like a baseball game. I don't want to make it sound like a, ladies and gentlemen. Number five, Freddie Freeman. Yay, Freddie Freeman. Brave's lost today. Okay, no, that's not what I'm talking about. If, if you heard a voice from the sky that said, I have my words from you, and they are from God, and then the Lord, this book, and there were, there, you had never seen a Bible before. Right, Scott? What would people do? They'd be like grabbing, it. they'd be fighting for it, they'd read every word. The whole it, it would it would even make CNN, I'm telling you. It would make CNN. It would really even. Okay, and so the point is, it would be on all your media, you know. A, a book has come from God, and everybody would read every word of it. And they'd be like, you know, just voraciously reading it, right, Gareth? They'd be like, what does it say? What, this is the very words of God himself? What does it say? But yet that's not our attitude. People throw it around. It's like, well, I'll get to it whenever. Will I have to read? No, 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 no. That is not what it is about. That's not what it should be about Okay, and so the scriptures say your delight should be in the law of the Lord. And on the Torah, you should meditate day and night. It is a delight. It makes you happy. It should make you happy, the word of God. It's not a chore. It's not hard. It should not be difficult. It should be great joy. And if it's not, you should examine yourself and ask if your attitude is right before the Lord. And if your priorities are in order. This is something that we need to examine in our own lives. You see, this is why I think there's a beauty for the tradition to staying up all night reading and studying the Torah on Shavuot. Whereas it's not, we don't have an obligation. There's no biblical edict. We don't have to do this. And I'm not, I'm not, even, I'm not suggesting to you that everybody tonight needs to stay up all night and, 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 and read the Bible, although you, you could do worse things. Okay, but, but that, at the same time, my point is, is that it should be your heart's desire Right, Eden? It should be your heart's desire to get into the word of God. Nachon, it should be your heart's desire. You should desire the word of God. You should have a zeal for the word of God. You should love to dig into the Lord's word. There are supernatural things that lie within, brothers and sisters. The tradition of all-night Torah study tests and cleans your heart. So that you have an opportunity to learn more of what God has for you. There's great pleasure in it, my friends. Because if you do, if you do, if you do, Psalm 1 says that you will succeed in all you do. Come on, y'all. This is the promises of God. Now, that doesn't mean necessarily in a worldly sense. It's like, well, I read a Bible verse and, and I can pick stocks on the stock market. No, come on. It's a, God is not a vending machine. I gave that... Use. I gave that message many years ago. God is not a vending machine. You put in a coin and you press a button. That's not God, how God works. But at the same time, we do know that God says you will be successful in all you do. It may not be immediately uh, apparent, but God says that you will be successful if you dig in his words. Someone say amen. amen. You're with me. I can tell. And I know you're with me next door and on the internet too. Okay, so on Shavuot, let me, now let's talk about uh, this Shavuot on Shabbat, we remember that our first crops are now ready. I talked last Shabbat about the pregnancy and, the, and that there's a pregnancy that comes before Shabbat. And then a new birth, the blossoming and the blooming that comes on Shabbat. The first crops are now ready. It's about harvesting time, y'all. Oh, man, we need this. We need this in the United States we need this in our world. We need this in Israel. We need this at Beth Hillel. Of that, there's no question. Continue to pray for Israel, my friends. We prayed a lot for Israel last night. You know, I'm quickened of the Lord. I'm going to get into this, Lord. Please touch Eretz Israel. Touch the nation of Israel. Protect her, Lord. Be with her. Protect the IDF. Be with them, Lord, on this challenging season that they have been in over the last week or so. Be with the nation of Israel, God where where the the harvesting is supposed to be being celebrated even right now as we speak. Lord, touch her. We pray for peace. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem. In Yeshua's name, amen and amen. Mm. Okay, so we're nearing more and more the great day of the Lord. It is harvesting time, and we must give God thanks for the harvest. When the harvest comes, beloved, we gotta give thanks to God for it. This is something that, because God has blessed you, has God blessed you? Amen. Amen. I know God has blessed you. You know, I, even in the midst of this virus, even the, in the midst of the pandemic, Dainu, right? Dainu, it is enough. God has done enough for us. And I know that that's the wrong holiday, okay? By the way, that's Passover. But still, the principle applies. Dainu, it's enough what God has done for us. But even more than that, does He do? That's, that means that today is a day of great rejoicing, but rejoicing in Him for His goodness to us. And so we're going to give back to Him what He has given us. This is something we need to do, my friends. And so you know what today is, and so I'm going to pray. You already know what today is. Amen. Amen. Blessed are you, God, King of the universe, who made us holy with His commandments and commanded us on the counting of the omer. Today is the fiftieth day of the omer, which is Shavuot. Chag Sameach, Chabikurim, my friends, get ready. I'm going to be moving quickly here. So much is about to be revealed. You're about to get a taste of something that is ancient. A taste of something that's ancient. It's just so beautiful. There are so many aspects of Shavuot that are amazing. We're going to go over some of them today. And here's a preview. Shavuot is a harvesting holiday and so we bring our first fruits. It's also the day, of course, that God gave Moses the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. Of course, finally, it's also the day that the Rul HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, was given uh, to the to the uh, disciples and the followers of Yeshua uh, there uh, in Jerusalem in Acts chapter 2. And this service is very interactive. You're going to be with me, regardless if you're here, if you're next door in the community center, or if you're watching online. Whenever you're watching, I want you to really be ready to verbally participate when you're asked to do so. I want you to get the real blessing of Shavuot today. Let this minister to you. We're going to go to Leviticus 23. Be ready to move. I'm going to be giving you some scripture, some rich stuff right from the Word of God to make this Shavuot extra special for you. Leviticus chapter 23. Talking about today, talking about Shavuot, verse 21, we read this, and why are we here today? Why are you here today? Here is why you are here. On that same day, you were to proclaim a sacred assembly, hello, we're assembled here, and do no regular work. In other words, a Shabbat. This is to be a lasting ordinance for the generations to come wherever you live, you know, some people like to take the Bible for what it says, unless it's not easy or convenient for them. The scripture says that, that, that this is to be, Shavuot is to be a lasting ordinance. And, and, and my, my Jewish brother or sister, if you are not celebrating Shavuot, you should be according to the word, you are commanded to explicitly to assemble together and for it to be wherever you live forever. That's what the Bible says. If you happen to believe the Bible, that's what it says. A sacred assembly, a lasting ordinance for the generations to come, wherever you live. That's what you're doing right now. You are fulfilling this command right now wherever you are if you are watching this. This holiday is called Shavuot or weeks. It's also called Chag HaBikurim, the feast of first fruits. And of course, if you know, historically, some believe that Yeshua was resurrected at the harvest holiday of early first fruits during Passover. We know that he was the great harvest, uh, the first of a great harvest of those who will be resurrected from the dead. Now let's continue in Leviticus 23. We're gonna actually go back to verse 15. It tells us more about today. It says, from the day after the Sabbath, the day you brought the sheaf of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks, "'Count off 50 days up until the day "'after the seventh Sabbath "'and then present an offering of new grain to the Lord. "'From wherever you live, bring two loaves "'made with two-tenths of an ephah of finest flour "'baked with yeast as a wave offering "'of first fruits to the Lord.'" Ooh, now you're getting a preview of what this bread is here for. This is in direct fulfillment of explicit biblical commands to bring a couple of loaves and to wave them before the Lord. But, but let's back up for a second. It says, Count 50 days, present an offering unto God wherever you live, two loaves, a wave offering of our first fruits. The loaves represent the first fruit because the grain, the first grain is starting to be ready to be harvested right now, and so we harvest the first fruits, but it's symbolic of the first fruits in all of our lives, whatever they are, and from it, we present an offering unto the Lord because this represents our harvest. And beloved, even during COVID-19, there should be harvest in our lives, It may not always be financially, but in some way we should be maturing and bearing good fruit. Amen? Amen. Absolutely. There's no question. Think about areas where you have grown in the last year. Everybody hopefully has grown some in the last year in one shape, form, or another. It's been a tough year, but even through this we grow and we should give thanks Scripture says we're bringing an offering, giving thanks to the Lord for what he has done for us and how we've grown in our harvest, the harvest in our lives, spiritually and otherwise. Amen? Amen? Today is the 50th day of counting the Omer. And on this day, the first Omerim of wheat, the last grain crop to ripen, are baked into loaves and brought to wave before the Lord. Scripture's saying we know that each loaf is baked with two-tenths of an ephah of wheat flour. That's a lot. That's like a half gallon. And each is to be about three feet long and about nine inches wide. Yeah, I'd say that's about right. My goodness, man. We have some big, woo boy. And so I have some questions for you. Tom's going to go ahead and put them on the screen for you. And when it comes time for the congregation, I need you to answer this question and answer it truthfully And because we got to know if we are eligible to waive the Omarim, Okay, are you ready? Here it goes. Did you, and by the way, in the community center, in the MJCC, you got to answer nice and loud because we want to hear you over here. Okay, here it is. Did you start counting the weeks after sundown at the end of Passover High Shabbat? Yes. Is this the day after seven complete weeks? Yes, you have reached the 50th day of counting the Omer? Yes, the day of Shavuot is fully come. We may wave the Omerim. Okay, well, we've said it now. I'm going to call up Revitson. Our Rebbiton Tiffany, she does such a, a wonderful job. She's so involved in so many things behind the scenes that you don't even know about. A lot of the things regarding the, the visual stuff she does down there and, and also our Instagram site. She's been working on, come on up, uh, Revitson Tiffany, because now we have reached... The day 50. We have grown to maturity. Remember I told you it represents the birthing of something, a blooming of something. I talked all about that last Shabbat. And we have reached the 50th day, right? The bread is now leavened and have become large loaves. It represents the the completion of something and the birthing of something. It's a culmination of something. We wave two omer loaves from the new wheat harvest, then and only then we may eat of the harvest. See, we're not supposed to t- partake in our harvest until we have given God his portion and given God thanks for it. Amen? Amen. So many people take take uh, the blessings of God for granted and are just like, okay, hey, yeah, thanks, God. Woop, woop, woop. That's it. Okay, they move on. No, no, no. Give God his portion and thank him for it and then enjoy it. And, and it's of a, a special blessing. And we know that It is referencing Psalm 113. Two loaves are going to be waved. And we have these gigantic loaves. i got to thank uh, Maria. Wow, did she not do incredible with these loaves? These are just unbelievable. (laughs) Wow. I I think these are the biggest two loaves we've ever had, uh, don't you think? Fluffy, fluffy, you're right, <laughs> they're, they're, as they should be. And don't you, worry in the, don't you worry in the community center because once we wave them here, we're going to have these things brought next door so you guys can enjoy them in the community center as well. But, but for now, we're going to go ahead and, and wave the Omer We're going to wave these loaves to celebrate what God has done, that the harvest has come. And it's symbolic. You understand, friends. There's so much some, some symbology in this, if you will. But God commands us to do this, so we're going to do it. And so we're going to go ahead and, as it says in Psalm 113, Okay, you got it? These are things are heavy. Okay, you're right. Okay, now then we're going to wave it first, north to south, which is towards you and me. We're gonna wave it in all the compass directions as a wave offering to the Lord. So as we wave this, these loaves in your own life, begin to thank God for the harvest that you have in your life. Because you have harvest in your life as well that you should be thanking God for. That's what time this is. And so we wave this first, north to south, Over Jerusalem, ye, ye, his servants. (laughs) And then east to west, from dawn to sunset. Then upward, heavenward, high to heaven. And then finally, who humbles himself. Ooh. Oh, whoa, We're waving it, Tim. We're waving. whoa, you're waving it on me. We have waved the omarim and obeyed God's commandment. Let's give the Lord thanks. <laughs> Praise God. How many of you know what a ketubah is? I imagine most of you know what a ketuba is. A ketuba is a, a a marriage contract, a wedding contract. Okay, a contract. In fact, I'm doing a wedding of one of our members this coming uh, Thursday. I have a wedding uh, of one of our members, and I've got another wedding of of one of our members in another month or so. In any case, a ketubah is a marriage uh, contract. It's an agreement that establishes some of the parameters of the relationship between the bride and the bridegroom. You know, and the giving of the Torah... We saw the Torah scroll come out a little bit earlier, right? The giving of the Torah is symbolic, if you will, of a marriage contract between God and Israel. It is said that the cloud came down on Mount Sinai and it looked like a chuppah as it settled over Mount Sinai during the giving of the law. It's one of the reasons that we are under a chuppah today and why in the community center you have a chuppah right in front of me there on the floor in front of the stage. And a chuppah, which, which represents a talit, you understand? That's, that's what a chuppah is intended to represent, is a talit. And a talit is representative of what? Remembering the commands. Remembering the commands of God. This was what it is. Uh, in addition to weeks, Shavuot also means oaths. Okay, and so this is like a contract or a covenant or a wedding contract. You see, today is part of the annual rehearsal of the For the betrothal of the bride, okay, which is us, right to Messiah, this is a practice, if you will, uh, an, an early foreshadow, a, a sim, something symbolic of the wedding between us and and of course the bride messiah and a, and and the festival is a sort of engagement party. Uh, Exodus chapter nineteen, if you have your Torahs out, pull out the scrolls. <laughs> Exodus chapter 19, listen to this, and, and you'll see what I'm talking about from Exodus 19. Verse 16 says this, on the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning with a thick cloud over the mountain. This is talking about Mount Sinai, right? Boom, that's, that's what the chuppah represents this cloud that comes uh, over the mountain, right? And a very loud trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp trembled. Then Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke. Because the Lord descended on it in fire. The smoke billowed up from it like the smoke from a furnace. And the whole mountain trembled violently. And the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Moses spoke and the voice of God answered him. What a moment. Man, can you feel it? I I hope you can feel it next door too. It's powerful, my friends. It's powerful. The Lord descended on Mount Sinai in fire and smoke and covered the mountain as we read. Move forward to Exodus chapter 24, Exodus 24. We can see symbolic of the chuppah, this covering. The commandments of God came when the mountain was covered so beautiful. Exodus 24, 17, the scripture says this, to the Israelites, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on top of the mountain. Mm. Wow, we remember this, the glory of the Lord. (laughs) Remember this. Hear this, the glory of the Lord looked like a consuming fire on the mountain. You've heard that two different places now, Exodus 19 and Exodus 24, about that's what it looked like on Shavuot. When God gave the law, it looked like a fire on the mountain. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. Because amazingly, on Shavuot and the B'chadashah, that's when Yeshua's promised that he would send the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit was fulfilled. That's what happened in Acts chapter 2. I talked about this last Shabbat in preparing for it. Wow, what does it say in Acts chapter 2? The parallels are not coincidental, right? Yeah, I know Adrian knows this stuff. Acts chapter 2 verse 1 says this. When the day of Pentecost or Shavuot, when the day of Shavuot came, they were all together in one place. So it was on this very holiday, this very day. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and, and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the ruach enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Mm, So much in this, so rich. Friends, did you catch the parallel? I'm sure you did. Tongues of fire came to rest upon them on Shavuot. You see the parallel. And they were filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit of God. And what happened at that time in Acts chapter 2? All nations understood. All nations understood. Friends, it's kind of like this. The giving of the Torah was, uh, was a ketubah, or a wedding, a marriage contract between God and Israel. The giving of the ruach in Acts chapter 2 is a covenantal sign also, but with all the nations. It has all the nations' languages represented. Yes, I understand that in Acts chapter 2, only Jewish people were there at that time, but it was symbolic of the word going out to the world, my friends. Why? Because we're called to, we as believers, as Ma'amanim, are called to be the bride of Messiah. And we remember that the 3,000 saved that day on Shavuot were the first fruits of the bread of life. We too are part, oh, friends. We too are part of the Bikurim. We are part of the first fruits. Yeshua was the first, he was the early first fruits, right? But, but those of us who come after him, who come to faith in Messiah, we are also part of the Bikurim. We are also part of the first fruits. And so, what do we see on Passover? Oh, there's so much depth to this. I hope you're digesting. If, if, if there's any that you're missing, that's okay. It's on YouTube. You can come check it out anytime you want. On Passover, the children of Israel, the slave children of Israel, were set free and the bride was redeemed. 50 days later, God gave her the ketubah, his covenant fulfilled. On Passover, Yeshua redeemed slaves to sin, that's all of us, to be his future bride. Then he told her to count the days. On day 42, he left this earth saying, I go to prepare a place for you. 42, from when the Passover started. This is like a Jewish wedding. If you know anything about a Jewish wedding. And when the 50 days were fully counted, he gave her an an engagement stone. Today is that day, my friends. Boy, we need to realize that tonight you are not a slave to sin anymore. We have been set free. You are not in Egypt. Hello, you need to understand that you are freed. And in Rosh Hashanah, which is coming up, that's the next holiday on Rosh Hashanah, he comes for his bride. Right? The trumpets are blown. He comes for his bride on Rosh Hashanah. This represents the, the, the rapturing of, of his people. And on the Feast of Tabernacles, eventually, uh, after the judgment, which is Yom Kippur, on the Feast of Tabernacles, Sukkot, the marriage will be celebrated as we dwell with him forever, which is what Sukkot represents. This is why, and that is actually when, in Sukkot, is when we celebrate the final harvest, which is the harvest of grapes and oil. That all happens on Sukkot. That's the final harvest of them all, which represents when we're in heaven living with God eternally. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. So first, if you are ready to commit yourself to the Lord and to follow his decrees, then we will all join in as a congregation and repeat the same words of our people in Scripture in accepting God's word. Uh, And these are like... This is kind of like the commitment that is said at a wedding, except for that the commitment is spoken to God by us. This is right out of the Bible, the commitment that our people made to God when he gave us the word, the law. Remember on Shabbat, I told you that our people weren't completely ready for it. So prepare your hearts to receive it and, and make this commitment to God if you are so willing, if you are willing to, so put it up on the screen. And if you are ready, then we're all together going to make this commitment to the Lord about the words that he has given us, the commands that he has given us. Okay, if you're ready, let's all read this together. All the words which the Lord has spoken, we shall do. All that the Lord has spoken, we shall do and obey. Woo. Yes. Now, good. Thank you for that commitment unto the Lord. Some of you I know I've been a bride before, but we are all part of the bride of Messiah if you are a follower of Him. And understanding His gift to us makes the holiday make even, make, make, it'll make it even make much more sense, if you will. It also makes the offering requirement make more sense because Shavuot represents God's gift to us of the Torah and of the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, and of salvation. And God has given gifts to us. It only makes sense that on this day when we celebrate that, that, that blessed marriage, that we bring gifts to God as well. And Leviticus 23, turn there to me, because it talks about this here. It says, specific to the shalosh regalim, to Passover, Shavuot, and Sukkot, it says this in verse 37. It says, "These are the Lord's appointed festivals, which you are to proclaim as sacred assemblies." Hello, that's where we're at. For bringing food offerings to the Lord, the burnt offerings, and grain offerings, sacrifices, drink offerings required for each day. These offerings are in addition to those for the Lord's Sabbaths, and in addition to your gifts and whatever you have vowed, and all the free will offerings you give to the Lord." Okay, so we see this, we understand, it's above our regular tithes. Okay, it's, our, it's the Lord's appointed feast, and, and we, we give God our offering that is different than our regular offering, than, than our, our regular tithing, if you will. We give our tithes, of course, my friends, on a regular basis, and that is good, that is foundational, that is important. Never tempt God by keeping that small percent that belongs to Him. But first fruits is different. Shavuot is different. This is a chance to really make sure our priorities are in the right order to make sure we're giving God our first fruits. Yes, financially, but even more so than this, just in our lives in general, with our time, with our talents, with our hearts. Totally just giving our first fruits to God. The decorations of the blooming uh, uh, offerings remind us of the importance of putting God first and giving to Him our very best. Amen? Amen. Deuteronomy 16. I'm building this whole story for you. It's a, it's a patchwork of scriptures which helps you understand this holiday and how special this day is. Deuteronomy 16 verse 9 says this, Count off seven weeks from the time you begin to put the sickle to the standing grain. Then celebrate the fifth festival of weeks, at Shavuot, to the Lord your God by giving a freewill offering in proportion to the blessings the Lord your God has given you. And rejoice before the Lord your God at the place he will choose as a dwelling for his name. You, your sons, daughters, male, female servants, Levites in your town, and the foreigner, fatherless, and the widow living among you. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and follow carefully these decrees. This is important to understand that the, our free will offering that we bring is in proportion to the blessings the Lord your God has given you. And we have to rejoice because it says, remember, you were slaves. You've been redeemed. We've been redeemed, my friends. You know This is a celebration of God's redeeming us from the slavery of sin. And for our Jewish people, it's, it's, it's a, a celebration of God giving us the law and the redemption uh, that he took us out of slaves in Egypt. Continuing in Deuteronomy 16, we'll go to verse 16. Three times a year, all your men must appear before the Lord your God at the place you will choose, unleavened bread, festival of weeks, and tabernacles. No one should be- appear before the Lord empty-handed. Each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. So the scripture says specifically that on Shavuot that we should bring a love offering, a free will love offering to God. Yes, this means it's above our tithe, but it also means that no specific amount is compulsory. So scripture's just a uh, mandate that everybody brings something. Everybody just brings something. Scriptures tell us it should be in proportion to how you've been blessed by the Lord. So if you've been blessed largely, our offering should be larger. If it's been a, a really hard year, especially financially, our offering should be smaller. Kol that's perfectly fine. It's a thanksgiving offering as God has been so good to us. Someone say amen. amen. So we're going to do something in just a minute, but first bow your heads for just a moment. and uh, And as you're listening, I want you to allow the Lord to deal with each of you as to what your free will offering to the Lord on this Shavuot should be, to reflect on how God has blessed you. The amount is not so important so long as you've been obedient to what God is placing on your heart. Some of you have not had as much of a significant financial blessing this year and your proportional blessing would be expected to be lower. Others of you have been blessed very much this year. Don't limit what God might be telling you you should be giving to Him at this time as you reflect on, Lord, speak to your children, whatever that is. Amen. Deuteronomy 26 is very unusual because it specifically outlines, this is something that is, it's the only place anything is quite like this in the scripture, right? It specifically outlines what we are to say as we bring God our Shavuot offering. Exactly, it tells us what we're supposed to say. How do I know that? Deuteronomy 26, starting in verse one, is the preamble that, that says this is what you're supposed to say. It says this, When you've entered the land the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance and have taken possession in it and settled in it, take some of the first fruits of all that you produce from the soil of the land the Lord your God is giving you and put them in a basket. Then go to the place the Lord your God will be choose as a dwelling for his name, and say to the priest in office at the time, I declare today to the Lord your God that I have come to the land the Lord your God swore to our ancestors to give us. The priest shall take the basket from your hands and set it down in front of the altar of the Lord your God. Then you shall declare before the Lord your God. And the next verse is then say exactly what you're supposed to declare when you bring your Shavuot offering. But let's back up for just a moment before we start this offering, which is always such a special time at Bethel. It, it says to bring our first fruits to the altar in a basket. Okay, traditionally, this is the procession of the Bikarim offering. And it was accompanied by great rejoicing as its celebration, and it's given God thanks for his goodness to us and our crops. Big or small, it's, it, 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 it's, it's up to you. It's, there's no compulsory amount. Okay, but it's just, each of us should bring something. So if you're watching online, of course, you can use the PayPal link. When the music starts, send in your gift electronically. Make sure in the, in the uh, notes column you put, it's a Shavuot offering, Shavuot offering. But here's the key, friends. Whatever you do, when we come to bring our Shavuot offering, this is very important. You can't do so glumly. You can't do so moping or just come up and like here, flip. Put it in the basket. No, 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 no. If you're going to do that, hold on to it. You need it. Toyo, <laughs> you got to come. Why? Because what this offering represents is it's your thanks to God. Listen, we're required to God. Doesn't this make sense to you? I mean, if this just should make intuitive sense. We're required by God to give our tithe to Him. That's required. Okay, but this is a, this is a thank you to the Lord for how he's blessed you. Thank you, Lord. And so when you come, what you're doing is by bringing this, you're saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for your goodness to me. Thank you for the, your goodness to my family. Thank you that I made it through COVID-19. Oh, boy, so far so good, right? You know, okay, so thank you, Lord. And, or thank you that I made it to the season like the Shehekianu, Lord. And uh, thank you that you've blessed me. Thank you that I have a job. Thank you that, or, you know, whatever it is, thank you for my family, And I bring an offering to you to say thank you, Uh, the Lord. Thank you into these things. So those of you who are here and next door, you'll see the wedding chuppah symbolizes your commitment to the Lord as testified in the Torah. And we're also going to bring out our Torah scrolls. And, And when you see these Torah scrolls brought out, think of it as a rededication of your commitment to the Lord. Remember also Deuteronomy 26 says that we are to bow down before the Lord as we deliver our bikurim our first fruits, and rejoice in all the good things the Lord has given us to our household. So if any of you desire, when you come up and and offer your offering to the Lord, uh, we're going to have in this building, uh, Jake, Lou, and the other one, to 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 bring the Torah scroll out here, and if any of you desire to bend at the knees and a waist toward the Torah, it will be further following the command of to bow to the Lord. You know, friends, we don't worship an idol or object in here. this is we don't worship the scroll, we worship the God of the scroll, you understand. <laughs> But but the point is is that when we bow, it's symbolically bowing to the commands, bowing to the Lord, saying thank you for what you've done. Ooh, it's a beautiful symbol uh, as the Lord is our bridegroom. And so I'm going to ask the musicians to come up at this time, and I'm going to ask our Torah holder to come on up at this time, and next door as well at the community center. As we get ready, we're going to all read this together from Deuteronomy 26. And once and once we finish reading this, everybody. The musicians are going to start playing, and uh, and we're going to have to really celebrate. Oh, there's an early Bikarim offering. There it was. She's smart. She got in early. Did you see that? That was a swift move there by our, our youth director. Okay, and so and so in just a few moments, we're going to read the special thing that we're to say as we bring our offering and then we're going to celebrate. Y'all, we got to really celebrate now. okay? you got to hoop it up a little bit. And we're, and we're just going to rejoice. If, if any of you want to come up, do a couple twirls of dancing into the Lord, that's okay. Trust me, you don't want to see me dance. Okay, so but you dance into the Lord, celebrate, we're celebrating God's goodness. You know, I feel like in many ways, like this is something that we that are, are arriving to and restarting. Do you feel that, you know, at Bethlehem? I, I really feel that way as we have now between both campuses. We have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people here today, and and it feels like uh, kind of a coming back in of something and, and a reengaging in some ways. and. How perfect that it's on Shavuot and how beautiful that is. And, and we're starting things back up. I'll give you a secret. I've got another special announcement for you next week. Uh, next Shabbat, I'll be making another announcement that I'm excited about. But but you sense that the time has come and, and we're just so excited and rejoicing before the Lord. And I am really, really excited for it. And I know that you are too. It's just so good to see so many of you here. Oh, my goodness. It just feels, uh, oh, uh, it makes my heart just so, so warm. So after we read this, the musicians are going to start in community center next door. I'm going to, I'm going to, they'll cut off and then they're going to take the service from there. That band is already up on stage right there at the MJCC and we're going to have some fun over there too. In fact, I may come say hello because I want a little bit of that challah. Uh, but but my, <laughs> <laughs> did I say that out loud? That was here. <laughs> I want you all to please rise, and in the community center, please rise as well. <laughs> and we're going to say this is a direct quote from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter twenty-six, and we're to say this out loud. And then take your time; don't rush. Bring in your offering unto the Lord. Take your time, relax, enjoy. We're celebrating. Give give people their six-foot distance because okay, I won't make okay. So I want I want you all to to totally be excited about what God is doing. And if you're watching online, you're gonna see the, the musicians are going to play and they're gonna put a QR symbol online. If you wanna take your smartphone and just put the, the, the camera up to that, it'll automatically take you to the PayPal site or the PayPal site is in the description box of this particular service. Go ahead and, and as, after you say this, while the musicians are playing, make your Shavuot offering to the Lord, big or small, Whatever, Lord, some of you, I know the Lord's going to have on your heart to give really large. Don't let it scare you. Okay, here we go. So just repeat. Let's just read these words together, what the Lord says, and let's celebrate together. My father was a wandering Aramaean, and he went down into Egypt with a few people and lived there and became a great nation, powerful and numerous. But the Egyptians mistreated us and made us suffer, subjecting us to harsh labor. Then we cried out to the Lord, the God of our ancestors, And the Lord heard our voice and saw our misery, toil, and oppression. So the Lord brought us up out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with great terror and with signs and wonders. He brought us to this place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And now I bring the first fruits of the soil that you, Lord, have given me. In Yeshua's name, Amen and Amen. Let us celebrate as we give our offering to the Lord. One, two, three.
2: When the Spirit of the Lord for all he has given to us. As we give back to you, Lord, we are grateful. And you are worthy and you provide for us. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 and amen.
1: Woo! Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift